How many's got the victory here today? Well, if you think you don't have it, uh, get into get into Christ, and you'll have it because He got it for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's lift our hands and praise Him and thank Him for the Word that's about to be preached. Thank Him for an anointing on the preacher. <laughs> Amen. And that we issue forth something that is uh, a blessing to all that hear. Amen. We give you all the glory and honor and praise, Jesus, for your goodness to, to, today. Uh, if you look, please, in your Bibles, uh, we're going to look at Acts 4 and verse 33. Acts 4, 33. We'll start. Now, I don't normally label or entitle uh, messages like this because I don't usually like them. But I decided the, the Lord dropped this one down into my heart. Um, three P's to victory. What is it? To overcoming. Well, that's victory too, ain't it? Praise the Lord. I have all kinds. Okay, we have optional titles. Pick one. Anyway, three P's to overcoming and three P's to victory is the same. Amen. Here in this day and time in which we live. And boy, is, is, is that ever pertinent, amen, to our day? How many believe that we're living in a challenging time right now? And, uh, a time of uncertainty and a time of, you know, what you used to seem like you could count on, you don't know anymore. What's going to happen? How things are going to change? But praise God, through Christ Jesus, we always have the victory. He's overcome the whole world. He overcame death, hell and the grave. And we overcome with him by being in Christ. Our life wrapped and hid in him. Can you say amen? So we have these three P's. <laughs> um, and the first one is power. And I, it's, as I've been meditating on this message, I've been, I was really excited to come and preach it today because I really feel like it's from the Lord and it's a fresh thing. And the first is power. You know, you've got to know where your power is coming from. Now, folks, we've got power in the name of Jesus and through the blood of Jesus over everything. And I got to thinking this morning during the prayer time about the word power. And I thought, you know, we've heard a lot of teaching and it's important teaching on the word authority. But, you know, we not only have authority. But we have power. And so, you know, in the word of faith movement, especially there's been just, you know, 40 years of speaking about authority and uh, really not all that much about power. But did you know we not only have authority, but we have power? Now think about what's the difference. Well, it's like a police officer showing up with no weapon. And he's got the badge, right? What gives him the authority? to show up and investigate things or take 
control over a situation that's gotten out of hand. What gives him the authority is the badge and the government that's behind the badge. And if he says, I'm with the uh, the sheriff's department or the police department or the FBI or some other uh, policing organization, uh, he can show his badge and that's his authority. But I tell you what else he's got on himself is a gun and a nightstick and a handcuffs and a few other pieces of hardware because he not only has the authority, but if he needs to, he has firepower to take the situation into hand. Now, this is not a pro or anti-gun message, so please get yourself calmed down if that's where you think we're going. It's not about that. But it is about the representation of the police officer, if he has, if he has to, he hopefully his declaration of authority is enough. But I'll tell you what gives the authority some teeth and some bite is the power. You know, Pentecostals used to talk almost only about the power and not much about authority, but we need to put it together now. Amen. So, yes, we have authority in the name of Jesus. We have the power of attorney. We have all those things that we teach and preach about constantly. But we also have power. Praise God. And there's there's a dynamite, dynamo, power with God. Hallelujah. That can change the situation and bring it into hand. So we not only need, like, in this day and time when there's, illnesses and economic uncertainty and those things. We not only need to use our authority, but we need to use the power of the Holy Ghost. All right. Acts 4, verse 33. And with great, does it say authority? Gave the apostles witness. Does it say with great authority? No, it says with great power. They gave witness. Now, the power of God will bring salvation, will bring healing, will bring deliverance, amen, and can change the situation. We need to be speaking the power of God and know where our power comes from. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but I'll put my trust in the name of the Lord our God. Amen. What drove, you know that wall at Jericho that went, that fell down, uh, archaeologists have dug down and tried to find the wall. When they found it, they found the top of it. And they said, well, why would the top of the wall be here as, as things sediment, you know, filled in enough to, to bring it down like that? And they discovered no, because there were other structures that were at ground level that had been there since the time of the old city. And so what the archaeologists discovered was that those walls didn't really fall down. They were pushed down by a power into the ground where there was flat. (laughs) It's like an elevator went down about 10 stories. Isn't that something? That's called the power of God, folks. That's the God we serve. 
Don't forget it. You that are watching by internet, don't forget it. Power of God that drove those walls at Jericho straight down into the ground is the same power of God that's available to you, that's available to me to change our situation. And if we have a wall that needs to be put up for hedge and protection, the Lord will put it up. If we have a wall that needs to come down, that's impeding our way of progress, the power of God can knock it down. And you need to speak to things in that manner. Amen. I command this to come down. I command this to change. I command it. How are you commanding it? In your name, in your strength, in your power? No. We're commanding it in his name. We're, and that's where authority comes in. We are authorized to use his name. My mother, who is 90 years old, uh, praise the Lord, her and Frank are just humming along. My, my mom will be here pretty soon to be with us a few weeks. You'll get to see her. And, uh, but my mother, uh, you know, at different times because of just wanting another set of eyes on things or to discuss things, she has given me, uh, as her son, power of attorney, you know, to, to handle a, a, a credit card case or whatever, you know, with, with uh, the company. And so she'll say, well, I'm authorizing my son to speak for me in my stead. And so we've all done things like that or understand how, how that's happening. And that's what it is like in the spirit realm. Praise God. We are authorized to speak. And so religion has taught us to just pray. Uh, and prayer is good. Amen. Thank God for prayer and the power of prayer and we're a church all about prayer. In fact, that's my second P is prayer. <laughs> but uh, thank God for prayer. But I'll tell you what, there's a time when you need to speak to the mountain and command it to be plucked up and cast into the sea. And you need to say, I, am, I command you in the name that I've been authorized to use, the name of Jesus. And when you release that power, it's the same as an officer pulling out a gun and using it, if necessary, to neutralize the situation. Take authority over it and bring it to where it should be. And I'll tell you, if you've got a mountain in your life, it's a, it could be a mountain of, uh, of, of illness or, or uh, you know, spirit of infirmity. It could be a mountain of debt and, uh, and financial need. It could be another kind of mountain, maybe emotional strain and stress in your life from relationships that are not where they should be. But I'll tell you what, in the, or just something coming against your mind, but in the name of Jesus, you can release not only authority, but you can release power against it. Amen. So we need to sing those songs. There's power in the blood. There's power in the name of Jesus. You know, there's that one song that says, there's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. And that's, that's, Really true. Amen. So I love it that it says that with great power, they gave witness. And when people see the power of God operating in our life, then it's a great witness that God is real. Amen. All right. And then the next thing, the other two P's. Um, is, is prayer, 
I want you to look at Romans. Uh, 8. We love Romans 8. Pastor Scarlett and I. <laughs> and verse, <clears throat> t- um, verse 26. We're talking about praying in the Spirit. Likewise, the Spirit helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself or himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Amen. We are so called as believers to pray. Um, a few years ago, there was, you know, emphasis on intercessory prayer, you'll remember. And uh, churches would have intercessory prayer teams. That's fine. I like that. But I really believe the whole church should be the intercessory prayer team. It's kind of like having an evangelism team. We're all, the, the whole body of Christ is the evangelism team if we really, really read the Bible right. In other words, it's not just evangelists and missionaries and a few teenagers that show up at the church on Saturday morning that are the witnessing, the witnessing team. It, the whole church should be the witnessing team. In other words, we're all called to the ministry of reconciliation. Now I'm getting ahead of myself on the third B. I, I preach over here and then I come back like a flashback, you know, in a, it's a device in a, in a movie writing, you know, you come back to, now are we in current day or previous day or the future? Back to the future. Where are we going with Pastor Dave? Praise the Lord. <laughs> well, anyway, back to prayer. Like prayer, we are, we are called to uh to be a witness but in prayer we are we're called to we're called to pray folks as believers we say well I just don't feel like I'm much of an intercessor well you are it's just a matter of practicing it to uh to get used to what what that's like praying amen you say well I only just pray I pray my prayers at night before I go to bed well that's wonderful Praise God. You know, all prayer is great. At least you're communicating with God. You know, even prayers that are not so scriptural or better than no prayers, at least you're communicating with God. You're connecting. Amen. I'm not so uh, hard-nosed about it that I'm telling you, you know, we, we got so technical in certain certain eras about prayer that everything everybody prayed was wrong to where you, you didn't feel like praying anymore. He's afraid you're going to say it the wrong way. Well, that's extreme. But on the other hand, we don't want to have the attitude about prayer, let the ignorant remain ignorant. That shouldn't be our banner scripture. But we can learn to pray. Amen. Uh, the disciples said to Jesus, teach us how to pray. How many believe Jesus knew how to pray? He said that he thanks God that he was, he was heard every time he prayed. And I've prayed that before too. I've said, Lord, 
I thank you that you hear me every time I pray. And even if I don't feel like praying, even if it doesn't seem like that you're hearing me, even if I don't feel like that the, 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 uh, the sweet smelling savor of faith and praise is going up to you, I'm going to do it anyway in faith based on the scripture. Amen. I'm going to praise the Lord when I don't feel like praising him. I'm going to thank him when it doesn't seem like there's anything to thank him for at that moment. There's always something to thank him for, but you know what I mean? You can become, you can feel discouraged, despondent, or disillusioned in some way. So, um, the Bible tells us to pray always, amen, with all prayer and supplication. Let our requests be known unto God. But we need to pray uh, without ceasing, amen? This is the will of God, the Bible tells us. In Christ Jesus, concerning those on the special prayer team. No, concerning you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I hope you're getting something out of this. You know, and in, Pente- and in Pentecostal circles, we have uh, the gamut of expression. Of, of prayer, the gamut of expression of, of worship. And oftentimes, you know, somebody that might be a little louder than you or a little more, uh, dramatic in the way they pray and the way they, they carry on with the Lord. If you're not careful, you'll let that intimidate you. And you'll say, well, I don't even feel like I'm doing anything because I'm not, I'm not like brother or sister or so and so. But there's no right or wrong way to do that. You just follow your heart. Amen. And then like, like we're talking about, uh, safety measures, we need to practice that same kind of honor and respect in the house of God towards people as they express their worship. Amen. And so, uh, you know, one person may be louder than you like or more uh, in demonstration than you like, but you just go on and bless them anyway and you do your, your, your thing. Amen. It's called live and let live. And I don't know why in the church world there seems to be a plethora of controllers. I never see I, the church is got to be the worst place for controlling spirits to try to rise up. And I, this is the way I like it. And I want everybody to like it the way I like it. <laughs> and if you're not careful, you try to control everybody else based on your conviction, based on your need based on your expression and we really need to back off of that stuff don't we and just leave people alone hallelujah and let them worship and and conduct their lives in the way that they feel according to the scripture and by the direction of the holy spirit amen somebody new might come to our church and say what are the rules here and i've said well we really don't have any other than Follow the word and follow the spirit. And, uh, now if you try to, you know, here's, here's the book of Mormon. I want you to preach from that. And then we've got Hindu writings that's backwards and scribbly and I can't read it anyway. And here's something else. And we're going to be, you know, universalist. Then you got a problem because we're going to base everything here on the word of God. Amen. 
but if you if you want to use the Bible and connect to the Holy Spirit for your life, and then if you feel like I'm doing it wrong, pray for me. Amen? If you feel like Pastor Scarlett's doing it wrong, pray for her. But we don't uh, attempt to control things. But most people are so used to being controlled in a church, they don't know what to do with one that doesn't try to do it. It's like, well, where's the controls? It's like, we don't have any. It's like the Wizard of Oz. Please step, don't go behind the curtain. You know, the guy with the, you understand, with the, all the smoke screen and everything. What are the rules? Well, we follow the Lord. Please keep your clothes on and uh, leave everybody alone, and you'll be fine. Praise God. <laughs> Thank you, G. And no, no coffee in the sanctuary unless you're the pastor and you cheat. Praise the Lord. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Bible says that Jesus on prayer, who's our greatest example of a prayer, is without ceasing, is the Lord himself. Because he ever liveth to make intercession for the saints. So he's constantly before the throne of God interceding for you and interceding for me. Amen. And um, people, you know, in certain kinds of, of denominations, they pray uh, pray to saints, and then they'll pray to Mary, and they'll say, you know, pray for us through that prayer. But I tell you what, we've got better than saints and better than Mary praying for us. We've got Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, who gave himself for us, amen, to be our intercessor. And scripturally, there's no other indication of anybody else interceding. So I, I'm afraid to tell you, if you're praying to some other name or entity, uh, you're, 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 uh, you're, you're, I think you're wasting your breath. Um, scripturally, amen? It doesn't really scare me or freak me out or anything, but it's just uh, unproductive. Let's just stick with the word. I'll tell you what. There's enough in this word to learn for a lifetime of learning without adding a bunch of stuff to it that's not scriptural. Well, this is what I think. Well, okay, praise the Lord. Here's two cents for your thought. (laughs) People say, oh, here's my two cents worth. Yeah, that's about what it's worth. And these days, that ain't a whole lot. Two cents doesn't get you far. But... um, So we've covered two things. One is power. Amen. We've got the power. Number two is prayer. And I'll tell you, there's power in prayer. I believe it. I believe we can turn the situation. Kenneth Hagin said, who I believe was a prophet, a real bona fide prophet. He said that back there in the 60s, he was praying. How many remember the 60s that it was... uh a time of upheaval in our culture. And some, some things needed to be changed. Uh, I won't go into all that because I don't preach issues. But some things needed to be changed. But other things that came in with that change, we're still dealing with the results of it. Uh, defiance against authority. Uh, challenging everything. Uh, how many remember there were riots of all kinds? 
on the college campuses. There were riots, and people lost their lives in some of those riots. And then there was the whole drug thing that we're still trying to clean up, and uh, morality, sexual immorality was became the mode of the day and continues to this day. And so all those things, Brother Hagen had a vision of like a sea monster, the dinosaur-looking thing, right, coming out of from the Atlantic Ocean and one from the Pacific onto our continent. And he saw that, and he knew what those represented, all those things I just mentioned. And he said, Lord, that's terrible. And he says, yeah, well, I'm going to hold the church responsible for it. He says, well, why would you hold the church responsible? He said, because the church didn't pray. And if the church would have prayed, the church universal would have prayed, then they could have at least diminished the effects of those things. Well, I'm telling you, and during this time in which we live, I believe that, you know, we were maybe caught a little bit off guard with this COVID thing. But in the name of Jesus, I believe that if the church will continue to pray, you know, the president has all but begged the church to pray. and said, if the church, we need more prayer, he said, more church services, not less. And so that's why he ordered the churches open today. Remember, he said, if any governor tries to stop a church from meeting, I'll override them. Well, thank God for a president like that. You know, they, we haven't had, always had one that believed that way. But thank God, uh, he's being at least a friend of the church. And, uh, I believe that too, that if we will just pray, that there's power in prayer. Amen? Number three, P, you want to know what the third P is? Turn to Mark. <clears throat> Amen. Mark 16, verse 15. Um, Mark 16, 15 uh, through 20. We're going to read. Now this P, the name of this P is participation, which doesn't sound like a very big word, but it's a very big word. You know, if some men, businessmen are going to get together and they're going to put together a, an investment scheme and supposedly everybody's going to make a lot of money off of this investment, you know, it's kind of a big deal if you're asked to participate because maybe they could do it without your participation and the, the percentage dilution, you know, is not as, is not as severe because the more investors you have, the more you dilute your position. Oftentimes, one guy will say, oh, I'll just do this by myself, make all the, make all the profit. Somebody else says, uh, I'll, I'll split it with this guy, well, 50-50. Or then it gets diluted down to 33 and a third with three and on and on and on, depending on the amount of, but many times it's a privilege and an honor to be included or to be asked to participate or participate with the White House, or participate with some some other honorable thing that you feel like would be a blessing to be a part of. Well, we've been asked by God the Father and actually commanded through Jesus to participate in his great commission, participate in his love, 
participate in authority, participate in prayer, participate in releasing the power. And it's a beautiful invitation. God doesn't just come and say, I've saved you, forgiven you of your sins. Now see if you can keep your your nose clean until you get to heaven. That's the way religion teaches it. But I'll tell you what, he came. I heard Till Osborne say this. God came and rescued us and then made us his partner. That's like owing the bank. Let's say you owe the bank $100,000 and you default on that. And they ask you to come in and talk to them. And you go in there and they say, not only are we going to forgive you your debt, we're going to make you a partner in the bank. How weird would that be? Wouldn't that be wonderful? We're going to, we're going to eliminate your mortgage or whatever, but then we're going to, you're going to be a partner and you're going to participate in the, uh, um, you know, with all the interest that's being paid and the fees and everything that makes a bank work. We're going to, you're going to, Receive dividends every quarter from this bank. And you're going to get a salary just like the president. And you're going to be all fixed up. Wow, that would be something. That's exactly what Jesus did for us. God came. We erased our debt as if it was never there. Doesn't even ding your credit. He's going to take us. And he, and he delivers us from all that we had wrong. And then he brings us in the household of faith, the household of God, and he makes us participants in his great plan. And therefore, we get to be in on what God's doing. Participation. This would make a nice mini book, wouldn't it? These three Ps. I'm always thinking of new books. All right. Mark 16, 15. He said unto them, go your way and see if you can do better. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. That's pretty clear. There's no C footnote below unless you've got another deal going. It's pretty cut and dry, isn't it? These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. It's talking about divine protection. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Period. Amen. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and set on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. It says the Lord working with them. Do you see the participation? I'm telling you, everything we do in prayer and, and, and in evangelism and in outreach, is, is a participation between us and the Holy Spirit. We're locked arm in arm. We're working with him. Isn't this a privilege, folks? We're working with the Lord. 
We're not just trying to do something in front of him and get a point. We've already got all the points. Well, I need a star on my chart. You've got a star on your chart, honey. (laughs) Amen. And that star is Jesus Christ. (laughs) Hallelujah. He's the, he's the one that makes us shine. And he says, come on, I've got the most important job for planet earth. is the salvation of men's souls. Hallelujah. I'm all for saving the whales, but you know, we need to save people too. And we need to put that first. Amen. Praise God. And so, um, I I also want you to see this because I want to, I'm going to brag on you that are here today. And that is that just by coming out of your house with all that is being warned and so forth, by coming out of your house and showing up in this building and helping a service to happen uh, is participation with God's plan. It's participation. It's, it's a strike back at this this uh pandemic amen <laughs> amen and 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 those that don't don't feel comfortable of coming out yet uh, that's not a, that's not a, a rock towards you in any way amen um, y'all know me i wouldn't do that but on the other hand every time that we do anything at all to push back against the enemy's plan we are participating with the holy spirit yes. and the lord is going to give us and give our leaders strategies and plans and things to, to overcome this in Jesus' name. Well, I trust that helped you and blessed you in some way today. Amen. How many is going to operate in the power of God? How many is going to operate in prayer? How many is going to participate with the Holy Spirit? And we've got that power in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we lift our hands and we praise you. We glorify you. We thank you today for your word, for your spirit, for your love. In Jesus' name, amen.